0: Good morning, good morning, all my friends here online. This is Pastor Wayne Hanson from Summit Church. Pastor Wayne H everywhere on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, Twitter, Twitch, LinkedIn, Instagram. Share this link with a friend, would you, as we get ready to stream church. We're going to do worship in five minutes. So get your coffee, get your Bible, get a notebook and a pen, invite a friend. Church is about to begin and we are just in the beginning phases of the Alpha Course. I'm going to show you a quick uh, promo for Alpha. We had our introductory session on Thursday, and week number one is this coming Thursday at 6.30. So at 6.30 is always food, 7 o'clock for a message or a talk and some discussion. So here's a quick promo for the Alpha Course, and I'll be back here in a second to tell you about it.
1: Having conversations about life, faith, and Jesus is hard. And this is interesting because at some point, everyone wrestles with life's big questions. Questions about hope, purpose, meaning, and love. Imagine creating a space where people in our community, our friends, neighbors, and coworkers, can come and have conversations in a way that is authentic and unforced where leaders don't need to have all the answers and anyone can ask tough questions and share honestly about what they believe. That's what Alpha is all about. Alpha started in a church in London years ago with a simple idea to engage friends who might not typically go to church. Lives were transformed and it began to grow all over the world. Today, you can find Alpha in schools, coffee shops, church buildings, prisons, and homes. And so far, millions of people have experienced Alpha. So what is Alpha? Alpha is a series of interactive sessions exploring the basics of the Christian faith. In each session, you eat food, listen to a talk, and have discussions in small groups. Eating food together creates space for people to connect, relax, and build friendships. The talks tackle core questions about life and faith from a Christian perspective. And the discussion allows people to unpack these ideas without fear of being corrected or judged. All of this is done in a fun environment where anyone is welcome. There are three main sets of talks you could use. The Alpha Film Series, Alpha with Nikki Gumbel, and the Alpha Youth Series. Each is designed with a different audience in mind and is typically run over eight to 12 weeks with a weekend away where there are opportunities to experience worship through music and moments for prayer. Alpha also comes with everything you need to empower others to be involved, like discussion guides and training videos for you and your team. And all the talks and tools are available online and can be downloaded for free. By running Alpha, you're creating a space where people can connect with each other and connect with God. Sign up, get started, run Alpha today.
0: All right, so that's the Alpha course. It's not too late to be a part of it. This coming Thursday night at 6.30 out here at the church, we'd love to have you be a part. Or go to alpha.org and check out the course for yourself. So, uh, as I said, this is your five-minute countdown. Get ready. We're going to worship in five minutes. shame today and uh, this is one of my favorites called uh, like a lion or God's not dead In making this service just for us, no matter where we are, where we're sitting, or what we're going through, you're here for us, Lord, I pray that you would just heal us of our hurts, and Lord, straighten us out where we're wrong or where we need correction, and help us to be the children that you want us to be, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're talking about Timothy, today is Timothy part two, live. And uh, you know, Timothy would have like Paul's son in the Lord. We have a Timothy in this church, but he's not as young as probably the Timothy in the Bible. <laughs> he was a younger man. Uh, he's got a lot of white in that beard, just like me. And, uh, but Paul's letter to Timothy is all about being his son in the Lord. And we're also our Heavenly Father's son. And well, a lot of times people think that God's mad at them, or maybe that God is abusive, or God is neglecting us, or that God doesn't care. That's nothing could be further than the truth god is a good good father it's in his very nature to take care of his kids and to look out for us and help us and heal us and strengthen us he's a good good father let's sing that together
2: yeah. Will I
3: Well, this this one.
0: Oh. we talk so much in this passage today in Second Timothy about the holiness of God. I just felt like this is a good one. <laughs> it's catching. It's contagious. Dropping your music is contagious. <laughs> I'm doing fine over here. Yes, thank you. Holy Ghost doesn't want us to play with music. Just <laughs> I'm going Help us to walk in such a way that we bring honor to your name, worthy of the calling
3: that you have in our lives.
0: Hallelujah. Well, Tim, you got the one-year Bible ready? You got locked and loaded, my friend? Come on
3: up and you tell us what the Word says. Good morning, Summit Church. Good morning. morning. You onliners are missing something here. We got wall-to-wall people. <laughs> I see two seats back there in the back, yeah, anyway, we're, we're loving it, right? Uh, I don't know if you all notice it, but it seems like just about every time that I step out in faith and I uh, start through a boldness and just speaking to whoever, whenever, however about God, it... Uh, really feels refreshing that I can do that and feel really good about it, but then every time I do step closer to God, Satan's right there to pound me back, you know, even a step further back. So, uh, anyway, we're uh, doing this Alpha course, and it is an outreach course, and uh, I feel like it can work into something here because Satan is pushing so hard against people here in the church. Uh, Anyway, so we can all use your prayers. Amen. Uh, Today's verse comes from Galatians 5, verse 5, and it says, but we who live by the spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith. The righteousness God has promised to us. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. Pretty self-explanatory. Amen. This is the there word of our Lord. Amen. Thanks, Tim. Let's just
0: sing this. Yeah, some of us may be facing impossible situations. I know there's some people watching online today. and Maybe it seems you feel overwhelmed by life's problems or difficulties. Can I tell you, God's right there in the middle of it with you. He cares so much. He's for you. He's not against you. He's, he can make a way when there doesn't seem to be any way. He's a way maker. So let's sing about that today.
2: You are here, moving in a I worship you. I worship you. You are here. Never stop. (laughs) than any other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will
0: bow and every tongue will confess that he's the Lord, he's the
2: Lord to the glory of God the Father, amen, 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 hallelujah, praise the Lord, hallelujah, praise the Lord, just give him praise in your own words for a second.
0: Prophetically, I often get pictures. I get pictures that the Lord just kind of puts flashes in my mind and it gives me sort of an interpretation prophetic. What I had in, in the spirit, in my, in my vision, thinking, my waking dream here, was us planting the garden. Each one of us were just putting seeds in the ground. It was a lot like the parable of the sower, you know, that Jesus talks about how the sower planted seeds, and some fell in good soil, some fell in bad soil. Some got snatched up or destroyed. And there's an Old Testament passage that says, you've planted much but harvested little. But that that passage has to be balanced with My God will supply all my needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. That that, that passage has to be balanced with Jesus saying, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Behold, I am with you to the end of the age. So maybe you've harvested little, but God is going to sustain you. He's going to take care of you. He's going to give you exactly what you need daily, daily why he talks to pray the way he did in the Our Father. Can, can we just pray the Our Father together right now? Just say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Lord, we receive your promises of perfect provision. And Lord, we've toiled in the garden, some of us, casting seed for a long time. And Lord, we thank you that just enough provision sometimes comes to sustain us for the next planting, for the next seed. Lord, I pray that this fall time would be a harvest time for us in the spiritual realm. or that we may sow in sorrow with, with tears, but we're going to reap with joy. So Lord, bless the rest of our time in your word here today. In Jesus' name. Well, I'm a little late getting to the word here, but I have a shorter message, only four points today. So uh, why don't you greet somebody here, give them some knuckles, or say hello. If you're online, share this link with a friend, and we'll get started with
3: the word here in just a second.
0: Hey, I just want to welcome you in the online audience. Glad you're joining us here today. Summit Church of Douglas County or if you want to partner with a ministry you can do so. Go to mysummitchurch.com and click the donate button. You can also do that on our Facebook page. You can text your gift to 303-625-9434 or mail your gift to Summit Church of Douglas County 200 South Wilcox Street, Box 243, Castle Rock, Colorado 80104 and we look forward to hearing from you. We'd love to get your cards and letters and see what God is doing in your life especially through this ministry both online and in person. We're going to get into 2 Timothy chapter one today. So grab your Bible and get ready to study. It's going to be a great time in God's Word. Refill your coffee and greet a friend. Seriously, share this link with someone and let them know the church has got started. Thanks. Very good. Well, this is the this is the quietest greeting time I've heard in a long time. Normally, the greeting is like echoing through the rafters. So feels like a library in here. I don't know what's going on, but good thing we're opening books, I guess. We're opening the Bible to study it. So you, you can you can shout back at me today. I'll take some amens and preach it, Pastor, and you can do it and some verbal encouragement when they, when they gets a little... Up! Thank you. Thank you. I'll take it. Go nuts, everybody. Go nuts. We're going to get extra Pentecostal today, okay? That, that will keep us all awake. And so, 2 Timothy chapter 1 is where we're going to start studying today. Let me give you, we, we started with 1 Timothy last week. And I've titled my talk here today, Timothy's Pro Tips Part 2. We gave you pro tips from Timothy for the Christian life in the early church. And 2 Timothy just continues this dialogue from the Apostle Paul to Timothy. Um, it's really, what what's this book about? Well, it's more encouragement for a young pastor with a tinge of urgency. As Paul senses his time is getting short. Um, The Apostle Paul wrote this probably around AD 66. This is probably the last letter that Paul ever wrote. Um, And so he was beheaded not long after this was written in Rome. And so the key concepts of this letter is remember, having a remembrance, discipline, holiness, teaching, and working hard Those are kind of big themes, and you know, pastors have to do all those things, and even if you're called as a helper in the ministry, or like a deacon or deaconess, someone who does the work of helps in church, those are all values. Those are our our Christian core values of hard work, teaching, holiness, discipline, having a remembrance. Here's a scorecard, if you're going to keep a scorecard on this one today. Who's the writer Paul? Uh, Who is Timothy? He's Paul's son in the faith. This whole idea of sonship comes up a lot. In this particular letter and then uh, they even come in with uh, Eunice's relatives uh, Timothy's relatives named Eunice which was Timothy's mom who taught him the faith when he was a child and so and he's supposed to remember the things that his mother Eunice taught him so obviously Paul had some sort of relationship with the family he goes I know your mom and I know that she used to tell you Timothy To, you know, to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I know he taught you, she taught you the scriptures. I know you know better. I know, I know your mom. I'm going to tell your mom, right? If you don't shape up Timothy. And then uh, Timothy's grandmother named Lois, and she has uh, his other spiritual teacher. So, you know, if your mom's on your case and your grandma's on your case, you're probably going to straighten up and do whatever you need to do, right? Because you know you're going to see them at Thanksgiving, you know, that's going to happen. Oh, and by the way, don't you love the fall decoration? Lori did a beautiful job decorating for the autumn season here. We have the cornucopia, the eternal horn of plenty, right? God's perfect prosperity, always providing uh, what we need in just the moment in the time. So this whole idea of planting and harvest and provision that's so powerful. Um, one more, and for keeping score of people in this this letter, Anissa Forrest the Christian brother who went out of his way to find Paul in Rome. And there's more uh, written about him later that we'll read in some of the other books. You can read this book in about 10 minutes. Again, Bible reading is not complicated. You just have to put in the time. You just gotta go, okay, I'm gonna set aside this time and do it every day. And just, if God has has a chance to speak to me every day, wouldn't I want to listen to what he had to say? Like, the most important person in the universe wants to spend some time with you would you carve out just a few moments (laughs) for him to talk and for you to listen and for you to be still for a moment and go, okay, what does his word say? Because 90% of what you need to hear from God is already written down in this beautiful book, in this love letter to you and I. So why wouldn't we read it, (laughs) right? Why don't we read it? Like, oh, it's boring, it's dumb, I don't answer, it's dusty, it's old, blah, blah, blah. No, no, read, get a translation, you can easily understand. It's not boring. boring. In fact, if you think the Bible's boring, you've been listening to the wrong people teach the Bible. Or you haven't been reading the right parts of the Bible, if you know what I'm saying, everybody. Song of Solomon, that'll keep you awake, all right? There are certain books of the Bible, Book of Revelation, that will, that will certainly keep you awake for days if you really think hard about it. And then there's Leviticus, which is a perfect sleeping pill for the believer. So, you know, you can balance all the different kind of scriptures you need. Here's a few scriptures worth memorizing today as we study. The, um, chapter 1, verse 7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear or t- of timidity, but of power, of love, and a self-discipline. Well, that's a good one. Chapter 2, verse 2, Teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Um, that's good. Cha- chapter 2, verse 22, Run from anything that's... I'm going to use your gift to me here, Tim... Oh, there we go. All right, I feel like Scrooge McDuck when I wear whenever I wear these. All right, but I also can do this. What?
4: It's
0: great. It's a great little prop for comedy. Yes. What? Okay. Chapter two, verse twenty-two. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, pursue righteousness, righteous living, faithfulness love and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. In other words, find some Christian pals that really love Jesus and spend time with them. Chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, and this is really powerful for us because we've been studying the scripture all year. It says this, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives, it corrects us when we are wrong, and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So that's the Bible is very useful. Chapter 4, verse 7 and 8 says, and this is Paul near the end of his life. He says, for I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look for his appearing. There's again sort of a masculine perspective here in this this passage, in this this epistle. He talks about living a self-disciplined life. Paul uses several vivid word pictures Chapter 2, verses 3 through 7, to communicate the the discipline that the Christian life requires. We are to be tough and focused like soldiers, to compete according to the rules like athletes, to work hard like farmers. Self-discipline makes a difference in all of life. It makes a big difference when you say, okay, I don't want to do this, but I know I need to do this. I know God wants me to do this. I don't feel like it, but I'm going to do it anyway, (laughs) right? Uh, I'm going to be there at church, or I'm going to give, or I'm going to serve, or I'm going to do whatever I feel like God is calling me to do in this moment or at this time. So here, here the pro tips continue, all right? We did the pro tips last week. Pro tips part two. The first pro tip from 2 Timothy is this. Be faithful and bold. Be faithful and bold. So, Paul gives his first greeting, and it's very much like the other epistles, and he encourages Timothy to be faithful. Verse 2, he says, Timothy, I thank God for you, the God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted, and I will be filled with joy when we are together again. I remember your genuine faith for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flames that spiritual gift that God has gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Now there's a difference between Christian hype, right? And stirring yourself up in your most holy faith, right? Christian hype is, um, if I just try really hard, <laughs> like, ooh, it's like, no, no, I can't do this by self-will. I do it with God's power inside of me. So, how do how do we curry that presence of the Holy Spirit inside? Of it's through worship. It's through prayer. It's through fellowship with other Christians, it's through Bible reading, it's through faithfully attending the the worship gatherings that we have in the local church, it's to doing all the things that we know that that builds up our most holy faith. And we stir ourselves up, and, and we learn to encourage ourselves in the Lord. David had to do that many times. In fact, one of the most, my favorite, I guess, story in the timeline of David's biography is that time in Ziklag, when... His soldiers came home from a raid and all of his children, their wives, and all the possessions had been taken away. And there they are at Ziklag and all their stuff is gone. And of course, you'd be very discouraged, right? (laughs) The enemy just took all your stuff. They took your kids. You don't know what happened to them. And pretty soon, his men started turning on David like, I can't believe we followed this son of Jesse. It's a terrible mistake and they're about to kill him. And then the Bible says something really curious. It says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord. (laughs) I I don't know all this, but I would speculate. How did he encourage himself in the Lord when all of his wives are gone, his children are gone, the men are about to kill him, he's sitting in Ziklag in his empty house, and just, what did he do? Here's what I think would happen. He's probably thinking to himself, I believe in God, and God has been with me. I killed that giant when I was a teenager. He's always been my father. God's always looked out for me. And this is not how this story is supposed to end. Because I remember Samuel anointed me with oil, and he said, you're going to be the next king of Israel. This is before he's anointed. This is when he's still sort of an outlaw bandit, and King Saul was still pursuing him. And it looked like the end of his story. He goes, no, no, this is not how the story ends. Because I have a word from the Lord. I know what God's already declared about me. So I will not be fearful. I know how this story ends. I can change the ending. Because I know how it's supposed to end. Come on, somebody. He encouraged himself in the Lord. He says, no, no, guys. No, no. Sharpen your swords. We're going after those guys. We get our wives back. We're going to get our kids back. and we get our stuff back. And we're going to make them pay. Like, whoa, whoa, Dave, all right. Okay, okay, okay. He encouraged himself in the Lord. And God put a fire in his belly and he was—he went and did it. He went and did all that stuff. And this, their wives were fine. The kids were alive. Their stuff was still there, unmolested, right? And they just took it all home and they killed all the bad guys. And David went on to fulfill all the things that God had promised over his life. He encouraged himself in the Lord. That's what Paul is saying to Timothy here. Timothy, don't you remember Lois, Eunice, your mom, your grandma? We know how this story is supposed to go. You've been called by God to be as a preacher of the gospel, to to, to keep preaching and and don't be intimidated by people. Do the things that you've been called to do. Stir yourself up in your most holy faith. Don't get discouraged when things look bleak, when things look bad. Come on, Dave. Come on, Timothy. You can do it. You can do it. And so here's what Paul continues to say verse 8. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either. Even though I'm in prison for him, for the strength that God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. For God saved us and called us to a, his whole, to a live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from before the beginning of time, to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. Skipping down to verse 12, he just gives more practical advice. He says, hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching that you learned from me. A pattern shaped by the faith and the love that you have in Christ Jesus. Through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. God's word inside of you. The amount of faith that you're able to engage with the amount of experience you have with god that's a holy treasure don't let people die that flame out in you don't let them douse that that hope and that 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 fire for god in you keep your passion for the lord even if everybody falls off even if no one believes in jesus anymore even if nobody's going after the truth anymore You stay hot for the Lord. You stay on fire for Jesus. You don't care what anybody else says. Come on, somebody. This is good preaching. I don't care if there's a few people here, if there's a whole lot of people here. I'm preaching this for myself. I need to stay fired up for Jesus. Then you have to learn how to do that for yourself because there's not always going to be there someone to encourage you. You got to be your own best friend and say, come on, you can do it, buddy. Don't give up now. We've come too far to quit now. Come on, right? Whew. so be faithful be bold right? You stir yourself up in your most holy faith that's a pro tip that's a pro tip if you are the one that a Christian that goes the distance that when one day we stand before the Lord and say I fought the good fight I've, I've kept the faith I've finished the race I, I've done everything that the Lord called me to do now, now all that waits for me is a reward chapter 2 pro tip number 2 Live like an unentangled soldier. Live like an unentangled soldier. Paul uses this metaphor about soldiers. In chapter 2, verse 1, he says, Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You heard me teach these things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life. For then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. And athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. And hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Think about what I'm saying. The Lord will help you understand all these things. He's saying, a good soldier... Doesn't get mired up in the politics and in the backbiting and all these petty arguments. A good soldier knows what his objective is and he stays on target, stays on task. He does the thing that his commanding officer has told him to do and he doesn't do any extra stuff. He doesn't add stuff to it. No, he just does the objective. He stays focused on the goal. Come on.
1: We Christians,
0: man, we have been so distracted. The enemy has thrown so many distractions in our way. But the one thing is needed. Always keep Jesus first place. Stay in the word of God. Be a worshiper. Keep your fire. Keep your joy. Don't let anybody douse that joy. Keep your gratitude. When it seems like everything's falling apart, be grateful for the little things that you have. Come on, right? And even if it seems like everything else is falling apart, even if nobody else does the right thing, you do the right thing. You stay on task. Be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Here's what he says in chapter 2, verse 11. This is a trustworthy saying. It says, if we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure hardship, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. For if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful. For he cannot deny who he is. Isn't that good? He's a good, good father. Even when you screw up, it's like... Just come back. Just come back to me. I'll help you. Come on, let's dust you off. Like, let's get you back on the right track. Come on, let's, let's get a hot meal in you. Let's get you a nap. Let's get you going where you're supposed to be. Okay, come on now. Come on. Be a good soldier. Do what you need to do. Verse 14, Remind everyone about these things and command them in God's presence to stop fighting over words. Such arguments are useless and they can ruin those who hear them. See, they had controversy in that in their churches then, then too. There was lots of political infighting and the way you should and shouldn't do things and the per- personal preferences about, you know, certain ways of dress and music probably and the way they wore their hair and how they behaved in, in uh, culture and in the marketplace. But he said, no, don't get don't get bogged down in all the minutia, the little petty arguments. Keep Jesus the main thing. Keep the gospel the main thing. Man, we need that in the modern church. He talks about being an approved worker. Verse 15, he says, Work hard so that you can present yourself to God and receive His approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who, who correctly explains the word of truth. Avoid worthless, foolish talk. That only leads to more godless behavior. This kind of talk spreads like a cancer. Boy, didn't, that, didn't they nail that? If there's any kind of cancer in the church today, it's foolish talk. It's idle discussions. It's, it's controversies that don't matter. Mask, no mask, whatever. Right? Republican, Democrat, let it go. It's Jesus. <laughs> king Jesus. King of my heart. King of my mind. King of my life. God will sort out the politics. He's going <laughs> to He knows how to correct nations. He's done it before. And he, and we might be a little bit under a judgment right now as a nation because we've fallen so far because we've sinned so greatly, unrepentant, proud in the face of God. Don't you think that a father corrects a nation who's become proud and says, "I'll do whatever I want." No, 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 no. no. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Last time I checked, this was supposed to be one nation under God. But when we come out from there, we're like, I don't like that in the pledge. I don't want to be one. I, I want one nation under me. I want, I want this government to give me all my rights. No, the government doesn't bestow rights. These are God-given rights. God gives the rights. Amen, <laughs> I know it's a popular talk for some constitutional scholars, but I don't really don't care. Because our rights are given to us by God. And one, na- one day, every nation, the kingdoms of this world be- will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign
3: forever and ever and ever.
0: Every American will have to bow the knee to Jesus. You can do it now, or you can do it later. But you're going to do it. And it's much better to do it now. <laughs> much better. So he talks a lot about rules, you know, and, and how how to live in such a holy way in the church and how to guide the church in holiness. And there's many other passages that, that we could cross-reference to Second Timothy, but one I do want to look at is First John chapter 2, verse 3 through 6. And he says, We can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. If someone claims, I know God, but he doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar. He's not living in the truth. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love Him. That is how we know that we are living in Him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. So you can't just give lip service to God and and think, oh, it's all okay. It ain't okay. (laughs) Especially if you claim to be a Christian, you have any kind of certain amount of maturity. You have to grow up in the Lord. If if my kids in in their 20s were still wearing diapers, we would think something's wrong with these kids. Why aren't they, they should have been potty trained 20-some years ago, right? We have a lot of Christians that refuse to grow up, (laughs) still wearing the diapers, can't can't figure that part out. It's just a big mystery to them. I know. If we're going to be Christians, we're going to call ourselves little Jesus, little Christ's. People gonna see our example. Then we better talk like Jesus. We better live like Jesus. We try to walk in His path and His steps, and in such a way that gives honor to His name. Oh, I know this is unpopular. I know it's unpopular. But hey, it's okay. I'm not trying to win a popularity contest. I'm trying to just please my heavenly Father. I'm just trying to live according to what He called me to do. Amen. Amen. Oh, pray for me, everybody. It's hard being me sometimes. <laughs> Chapter 3, it talks about the dangers of the last days. And I do believe we are living in the last days. We are, we are coming so close to the second coming of Christ, to the rapture of the church. It literally, I can't believe it didn't happen in January. Seriously, I mean, it's like, it feels like any moment we're going to hear a
2: ba-ba-ba-ba,
0: and boom, all the Christians are going to be gone. And everyone's going to be like, what, alien abduction by the billions? What happened? The world is going to come up with every excuse except the rapture of the church. You know, it was aliens. No, it turns out that Marvel Comics was true. Thanos just raptured all these people away. They're going to come up with every excuse except what the Bible says. Because it it couldn't be. The Christians were right. That's unthinkable, right? You know the, the press is going to work overtime to explain the rapture of the church. God bless them. So chapter three talks about the dangers of the last days. And here's pro tip number three. And this is really good for me and good for each one of us in the room. Keep your Bible handy to thwart deception. Keep your Bible handy to thwart deception. These are deceptive days. And what's so difficult about deception is that it's so deceiving (laughs) right it sounds so true it's like oh that could be right it sounds you know that you take a lie that's a lie is basically mostly true but you take one part of it and just twist it that's what the devil does all the time he makes a lie sound like the truth but then something's not quite right right about it (laughs) yes yes kafka effect you're right The danger of the last days says, So you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times, for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends. They will be reckless. Excuse me. Be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that can make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Whew! Man, we have lots of nominal Christians, don't we? They want to. They want to look like a Christian, but they don't really want to live in such a way that where the power of God is manifested. So Paul gives Timothy this charge down in chapter chapter three, verse fourteen. He says, but you, but you, Timothy, must remain faithful to the things that you've been taught. You know that they are true, for you know that you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive salvation that comes from trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God. And it's useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare us and equip his people to do every good work. That's why the Bible is so powerful. Chapter four, pro tip number four. It's it's a little acronym you can write down, ABR, ABR. Always be ready. Always be ready to share the good news. <laughs> He's saying, doesn't matter, Timothy, if people like the message or not. We don't, we don't cheapen it. We don't lower the standard. And go. Oh, that's okay. Your sins are forgiven even if you don't change your ways. You're forgiven. Jesus loves you no matter what. You just do whatever. There are many paths to God. No, no. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I'm the narrow gate. You gotta come through me. There's a, there's a broad path that seems right to people, but the narrow way, and there's only a few that ever find it. Woo! Oh, Jesus, that sounds kind of judgmental and uh, sort of exclusionary. Yeah, it kind of is. It's the way of holiness. It's what I long for, it's what I need, it's what you want from me. Take my heart and form it, take my mind and transform it, take my will. And conform it to yours. Do you feel that? That's the Holy Spirit. That's the anointing. That's the truth of God's word that stands in the face of every lie that the devil puts in front of you in this church. David, David was facing terrible things at Ziklag. In a moment, he goes, "Nope, that's not what God has said. He's given me a word. He's given me His word." And I know how this story ends. And it doesn't end this way. <laughs> Come on, somebody. That's a pro tip. So always be ready to share the good news. Here's how he lands the plane. Chapter 4, verse 2. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct. Rebuke. And encourage your people with good teaching. For the time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. Verse 7, Paul says, Look, I've done everything I can for you, Timothy. I've poured my life into you. Your mama did it. Your grandmama did it. <laughs> you know what you're doing. Come on, Timothy. you gotta, you got to buck up now and be the leader that God called you to be. Because he says, I'm about to end my race. Verse 7 I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. You look forward to the appearing of Jesus? Are you going to remain faithful? To his word, you're going to stay grounded in the Lord. You're going to encourage yourself in the Lord. Even when everyone else walks away, you're going to stay faithful in God. I pray that you will. I pray that you will. In his final words, he gives greetings to the church. And he does make this one statement about a particular man that was sort of a burr in his side in the church. He says, Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm, but the Lord will judge him for what he has done. Be careful of him. For he fought against everything we said. That's a good reminder that there are enemies assigned to the church. People who come to cause divisions and church splits and people who come to cause gossiping and negativity and anger and like I don't like that. I'm not going to that church anymore. I don't like that music. I don't like that song. No, 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 no. First of all, it ain't not about you, it's about him. And it's about those who aren't even here yet. Right? So we get our eye fixed in the prize for which Christ has called us heavenward. And so, there's this great quote from a scholar who said, "Comfort Comfort may lure a man away from faith as easily as danger. Comfort may lure a man away from faith as easily as danger. See, it's when things are going good, you go, ah, I don't need, I don't need church, I don't need God, I don't need the Bible, I got this stuff figured out. Ooh, look out. How did you how do you think you got here? And, you know, go all this way with Jesus, and now you're just gonna leave him to the side because you think you figured it all out? And he finishes the letter saying, May the Lord be with you in your spirit, and may his grace be be with all of you. I love sharing the gospel. Try, try to do it in a different way on a regular basis. And I'm gonna do the gospel colors today. Here, you remember the gospel colors? Some of you watching online, you don't know like what the gospel colors are. But I've got five different chalks here. One of them is one of them is black, and I'm doing it on black paper, so it's more of like a dark gray so you can see it. The first color is black, the blackness of sin. A darkness of sin. Right? When we are committing sins, when we're doing our own thing, we're in confusion. We're separated from God. We don't know what what to do and we're just in guilt all the time. we like, I wish I could be a better person. Like, I'll try to do better. And yet, every one of your efforts always falls short. You can never quite do it, can you? You can't ever really be good enough. You try really hard to be good. You try to be really religious. But those efforts are always falling short. You know that there's a sin debt and you keep on trying to make up the difference. If I do enough good deeds, maybe that'll outweigh the bad deeds that I've done. And most Americans have that mindset. You ask the average American, are you going to heaven? They go, I hope so. I try to be a good person. Right? No, no, but that's not how you get there. You won't get there by being a good person. (laughs) You only get there because he was a good person. He was the very son of God. And his good deeds, his perfect life was sacrificed on your behalf. You'll never be good enough. So this sin that you have, it's got to be paid for, but you can never make up the difference. So the perfect blood of Jesus, that's what this red chalk stands for. The blood of Jesus is the atonement of God. It pays for our sins. It makes the difference. For what we lack. It's it's good enough in God's eyes that when he looks at you because of what you believed in Christ for, he declares you righteous. You're, you're not righteous, but because of faith, he declares it over you. And that's a beautiful thing. So your sins are washed whiter than snow. And you're going to be very curious about what is going on with the designs. I'll tell you here in a second, all right? So we have our sin, the black of sin. We have the redness of, of the, the perfect blood of Christ. We have the purity that we get, the perfect holiness of God that he imparts to us, that he imputes to us when we say yes to Jesus. When we do that, he puts his spirit in us and we have new life. And what's the symbol of life? Springtime is always green, right? So we have a brand new life gets started inside of us that everything begins to burst forth. Like, I have a new way of thinking. I have a new way of living. I have a new way of talking. I have a new way of behaving. I have new friends. I got a new way of spending my money, a new way of spending my time. The things that I value are totally different. I've gone from a weed (laughs) to being a fully blossoming orchard (laughs) that God can take my fruitless life and turn it into something beautiful to be used for His plans and for His purpose that's pretty amazing. The new life in Christ is supposed to be a fruitful life. And when Christians mature, their lives do bear fruit. And then, not only do we have that promise of a good life in this life when Christ comes in, but we have a promise and this is this is yellow, but it's supposed to be gold, alright? Streets of gold. He says, one day, he says, I'm going away to prepare a place for you so that One day, where I am, you may be also. That he's making a way for us to have an eternal home in heaven with him and with all of our loved ones who have died in the faith before us and to spend eternity face to face with the Holy Spirit, with God in his presence and all the saints of the old, everyone who's lived in such a way that the the Lord has declared them righteous. It's beautiful, (laughs) right? But what what, what do these marks mean? Well, how do you spell love? How do you spell love? Well, L-O-V-E, right? But how did God spell love? God spelled love. Yeah, oh, you're ahead of the game there, Tim. You're ahead of the game. Yes, God spelled love. J-E-S-U-S. He spelled it J-E-S-U-S. God so loved the world. God so loved you and me that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. You'd have forever life. You'd have forever life. Well, maybe you need to commit your life to Christ. If you're on the feed here today, I think everyone in the room is a believer, but if you're in the place where you need to give your life to Christ, It's a simple prayer that you pray. I love to lead it in. in, It just simply says, sorry, thank you, please. If you need to pray that prayer, pray it with us now. Church, repeat it with me for those who might be praying it for the first time. Say, dear Jesus, Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe God raised you from the dead. dead. Please come into my heart. Be my savior be my Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It was awesome to have you here today. I know uh, it was a little scarce today. We have a lot of people traveling and people uh, going to the airport and all that different stuff today, but we're glad that you came. We're just super blessed to have you a part of the ministry. and. Um, do invite people to the Alpha course. We had a great launch night the other night on Thursday and week one of the actual curriculum starts this coming Thursday night. So 6.30 for the food, the talk and the discussion at 7 o'clock. Bring a friend uh, to Alpha and it's just a great point of discussion. So uh, lots of folks are bringing their neighbors and uh, having those discussions I'm sure afterwards about (laughs) whatever gets said or shared at Alpha. So it could be a powerful time. Over half of the people who go through the Alpha course who don't believe become Christians by the end of the course. So it's a pretty great success rate amongst uh, people who, who share their faith. Why don't you stand with me? I'll give you the blessing. We'll leave. Father, thank you for your goodness, for your power, for your spirit. Thank you, God, that you can give us what we need to encourage ourselves in the Lord when things get darker, difficult. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you. Lift your countenance and give you this peace, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. I love you, church. Have a fantastic week. We'll see many of you on Thursday night. Take care. God bless.
5: Thank you so much for tuning in today to the ministry of Summit Church and the daily outreach of Wayne Hanson. You can support our ministry in many ways. Click the Donate button on our Facebook page, Summit Church of Castle Rock. Visit our webpage, mysummitchurch.com, and click the online giving link. Or mail your donation to Summit Church of Castle Rock, 200 South Wilcox Street, Box 243, Castle Rock, Colorado, 80104. Or, finally, text your gift to 303-625-9434 and follow the prompts using your smartphone. You can also support us by connecting with our online community. Comment, like, share, follow, and subscribe on our various social media channels. Of course, we appreciate you joining us in daily prayer. I'm Sean Ryma, and on behalf of Pastor Wayne and the Summit Church family, take care and have a great week. Remember, God loves you, and he has a wonderful plan for your life.